Okay, hello everyone and welcome to Actus Radio, the nation's only radio program dedicated to the clinical documentation improvement profession. Actus Radio is a bi-weekly program dedicated to bring you closer to the difference makers in CDI and sharing the latest news and information relevant to the CDI profession and to Actus. Today, Wednesday, September 27th, marks our 79th program. So my name is Brian Murphy, Director of Actus, the Association of Clinical Documentation Improvement Specialists. And I'm your host for today's program, 10 Years of Actus, a look back. Uh, I'm joined today by my co-host, Linnea Archibald, CDI editor for us here at Actus. Uh, Linnea is one of the principal authors of CDI Strategies and our CDI Journal. She assists with our Actus social media and product development as well. And while she's very new to the organization, I'm glad to have her on the show to help give her perspective and insight. So welcome, Linnea. Thanks, Brian. All right. And next, I'd like to introduce our industry guests. Um, a couple of familiar faces to those that recall the early days of Actus, and, and, and I'll get to in a minute, Tamara is, is back with us. But uh, first, we have uh, William Hike. So Dr. Dr. Hike is the director at DRG Review, Inc. in Fort Walton Beach, Florida. Dr. Hike has practiced medicine since 1980 and is certified in internal pulmonary and critical care medicine. He had some previous positions that included chief of internal medicine, director of respiratory care services, and on the board of trustees at a local hospital. Um, he has a lot of background in CDI, including preparation and the original um, AHIMA CCS CDIP exams. Of course, on our end, Dr. Hike was um, one of the first members of our Actus, original Actus advisory board from 2007 to 2010, and I'm very pleased to have him on his first Actus radio show. So welcome to the show, Dr. Hike. Hey, thanks, Brian. Thanks for thanks for both of you for having me here today. I, uh, and and also thank you for giving me the opportunity to, to be on the original board. It was quite a pleasure. Absolutely. Yeah, we're going to dig into that in just a just a few minutes. Um, but I'd like to also introduce uh, Tamara Hicks. So Tamara is the uh, director of clinical documentation excellence, or CE, at Wake Forest Baptist Medical Center in Winston Salem, North Carolina. Tamara has a uh, a long nursing career, more than 33 years of nursing experience, including believe this more than 18 years in CDI I'm trying to think of I'd like to hear from any folks that may have been in CDI longer she's one of the originals um, but she was a, a member of the original CDI team at Wake Forest like Dr. Hike was a founding member of the Actus Advisory Board and was recently re-elected I'm glad to have her back on and serving um, additionally she helped to write our CCDS exam and still presently serves our CCDS certification board. So uh, welcome to the show, Tamara. Thanks for having me, Brian. Absolutely. All right, as I do with all of our shows, I'm going to start with a uh, poll question related to today's topic. We'll ask that you uh, take a look at that and answer the uh, question that best pertains to you. So question reads, what is the biggest change you have seen in the CDI profession over the last 10 years? Is it the implementation of the MSDRG system back in 07, for those that can remember when that actually was first implemented? Um, expansion into quality, defined here as you know, observed to expected mortality improvement, PSI review, hack review, those type of elements. 
Um, is it department formalization and staff growth? You know, just the way that programs have grown, become a lot more formal with descriptions, um, addition of staff that we're hearing about. Maybe it's the technology piece, the way uh, EHRs have evolved, uh, more, more uh, sophisticated review software, or maybe you think it's um, other. You only have five poll options on Actus Radio. So again, what's the biggest change you've seen? Is it MSDRGs and severity, expansion to quality, the overall department formalization and growth, uh, new technologies or other? All right, that is, we've got probably two thirds of our audience that has voted. So I'm gonna go ahead and close that poll out and we will uh, of course return to those results in uh, just a few minutes. All right, well, as I mentioned, our guests today are Dr. Bill Hike and Tamara Hicks, two original members of the Actus Advisory Board. They played a huge role in getting this organization started 10 years ago, and I owe them um, a great deal of, of gratitude and thanks. And we're gonna be talking today a little bit about the profession and how it's changed, and a little bit about Actus and what we've done over those 10 years. So again, welcome to the program, guys. Thanks for being a part of Actus Radio and this organization. Um, Maybe we can start by just talking a little bit about the CDI landscape as it existed then. You know, I'd like to maybe even go back prior to the implementation of MSDRGs in, in October of 07. You know, I mean, a lot has happened in 10 years. I, I think this is one of the big changes. And, and I, would, I wouldn't, I don't hesitate to tell people that that's a big reason why Actus um, has really taken off because of the, the nature of uh, the the MSDRG system and the move to severity. But can you guys talk a little bit about sort of what what you recall from those early days uh, of CDI? Sure. I, maybe I'll go first this time, and Tamara, you you pick it up next time if you could. Um, you know, I, I, a lot has changed, um, in, including, frankly, the loss of my Afro hairdo during that ten year, fifteen year period. Of time. <laughs> <laughs> you know. I, you know, basically about 15 years ago, I was actually teaching what I used to call concurrent documentation seminars. Uh, and and although I, I hit sort of the basic stuff with uh, the structure of PPS and coding guidelines, it's centered around really uh, uh, DRG management and, and capturing uh, CCs, which at that time there were no MCCs. Um, and also opportunity to report a more resource intense uh, alternative principal diagnosis or a complete procedure. And, and frankly, the attendants back then were quite varied in their background. I even had a, a radiology tech as one of the one of the seminar attendees. But now I, I think I've seen a conversion primarily to people with clinical backgrounds, such as nurses. Um, what, what, what would you say, Tamara? Well, I, you know, going back to talking about landscape, I think the landscape back then was pretty much a wasteland. Um, there really, there were very few opportunities for networking. There were uh, very few uh, organizations that that offered any kind of training or. And I remember Google searching clinical documentation when I first got this job, and and nothing came up. I mean, th there was just nothing about it out there. And now you can hop online and find an expert to bounce ideas off of. I mean, it's you know, it's just amazing the num the the way this has grown and and expanded over the years. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah, I mean, I, I, I would just chime in, Tamara, to say that, um, you know, that that's that's really why ACTA started was because there was not a home for CDI yeah. specialists. Um, there was not even baseline definitions or it was all sort of in-house, homegrown and a lot of isolated folks working. And uh, yep. I hope we played a part in making it oh, uh, more of a profession. Yep. You both kind of already touched on this briefly, but what has been the biggest change to the CGI profession over the last 10 years in terms of how the job itself has changed and the required skill sets and demands for CDI specialists? It seems the changes have led to some exciting new opportunities for everybody in the industry. Oh, absolutely. Um, certainly the demand has grown exponentially. Um, the skill sets have changed too, I think. Um, once upon a time, it was enough just to have some clinical background, but I think now there's really a need for very critical thinking skills as well as um, some clinical and coding background. I also think it requires someone with a good bit of finesse um, and the ability to forge relationships with those providers. I, I think more and more those relationships have become the key to being successful with this. I'll have to ditto that, and, um, and and also say really it's 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 not your daddy's Buick anymore with CDI. Uh, it, mm. <laughs> it's it's not just because of uh, you know the expansion of the MSDRGs for increasing specificity, but I think the big change really is this value-based purchasing and and all the quality parameters associated with it, PSIs, you know, readmissions, mortality, etc. All those are are stratified based on risk adjustment, which is based on comorbidities. So, and a lot of those comorbidities are not CCs and MCCs. So nowadays, the the CDI person is not faced with a simple uh, decision as, as DRG management regarding CCs, MCCs, et cetera. Now they got to look at all the other comorbidities that impact risk adjustment, which has the greatest impact on hospital finances. Uh, and, and physician profiling uh, beyond that of DRGs, and of course now we have medical advantage and and uh, and cost per, per beneficiary. All those are also risk adjusted as well. How the payment scheme based on that. So it's it's I think that's why CDI has really has expanded and the knowledge base has expanded. Just as Tamara says, it, you just can't be a Someone looking around for CCs, you've got to have clinical and coding knowledge uh, and, and a broad understanding of the quality parameters that are impacted by coding. It's, it's changed a lot. Right. I agree. It's gotten uh, quite a bit more complex. I mean, I can recall in the early days, people would just you know, ask for ask for the CC list or you know, the most common CCs, and that was sort of their hierarchy of how they worked you know they, they looked at higher impact diagnoses and that was it but there's so much that like you mentioned risk adjustment dr hike that that goes into those systems just learning those systems and and how value-based purchasing works and sort of the, the way that right. cms holds back money and then pays back based on how well you perform in certain measures and how cdi can impact all of that is is a little bewildering it's, uh, it's certainly changed a lot it's definitely exploiting my little brain that's for sure yeah <laughs> all right you know we i mean we've chatted just a little bit here about the you know um, 
how far the profession has come and some of the, the new growth areas, quality. I know, Tamara, you were kind of a pioneer in that area. Um, you know, I, I, I would say that some of the same problems I, I still think remain. Um, we periodically poll our membership about what, what their biggest issues are, like we did for, you know, CDI week and, you know, physician buy-in, physician engagement is always an issue. It still seems to be. And for various reasons, it may have changed a little bit. Um, we'll talk a little bit about how the EHR has implement, uh, impacted that as well. But um, now, maybe you start with you, Dr. Hike. What, 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 why do you think this is the case? What do you think has to happen if we're gonna, ever going to get physicians and hospitals on the same page? Or is this problem likely to continue forever? Sure. I, I, you mentioned that it was an age-old problem. I, I'd probably re rephrase that as job security, but but uh, <laughs> for consultants, you know, you know what I what I mean is, you know, like I just tell you, 30 years ago when I was first speaking to physician staffs about this subject, uh, I would, you know, I'd say, you know, the subject would be why is documentation and coding uh, so important to us? And I used to start out by saying, you know, one day we're going to have to start re entering these little ICD-9 zip codes. Uh, on our super bills along with our narrative diagnosis so we can expedite our payment. And people just laugh at me. And of course, nowadays, you 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 can't get paid unless you put the, the exact code down to the seventh digit. And they don't even care about your narrative anymore for, for, for reporting purposes. So I, I, I think we have become aware because of the payment issues. But also, I think, uh, you know, with ACOs and other advanced and, uh, alternative payment models, uh, the physician, the hospital, and the insurer even are are getting more increasingly aligned uh, because of global payment and global and global penalties and rewards. Um, I think it's bringing us all together. Um, and, and nowadays, when I speak to hospital staff, I'm, and I'm asked more by the hospitalist and other hospital-based physicians to come talk, and, I, and and now I just talk to them about well. There are these things called the three P's, you know, physician profiling, physician payment, and, and, and patient care that are impacted by our documentation efforts, which, which impacts the coding. And once I kind of get that out to physicians, I really think their mind opens up. You know, the, what's that old adage, the mind's like a parachute only works if it's open. Well, when I get their minds open, then I can pour in all the documentation lapses and the, and the communication difficulties with CDI folks. So, so we all can be more on on the same same team as as you would say. So, even though I think there's been slow progress over the last 30 years, from my perspective, I think there's been a lot of progress. And as and as physicians get more impacted by the payment scheme, then um, I think you'll see more alignment. What do you think, Tamara? Yeah, I w I would agree with all of that, and and I would just say that. Over time, I've learned that there there's three really important parts to getting providers on on the same page. One is they need to know what's in it for them. So you know the the reimbursement, the ACOs, all of us getting in line that has helped that. Two, they have to have confidence in what you're telling them. And so going back to what I said about those relationships are so vital to making sure that that's there. And then the final thing, and this is what's helped my department, is having the administrative support. If you've got the CMO on your side, you're golden. And that that goes further than most anything in terms of getting those providers on the same page. 
and have we solved it? No, you know, we still struggle with that, but I think we've come a long way by having those things in place. Good point. Good point. Great stuff. Switching gears a little bit, um, I wasn't there, but I know that both of you were instrumental in getting Actus up off the ground 10 years ago. What have you found most rewarding in your board service, and how have you seen Actus benefit the CDI industry as a whole? Well, I say uh, every time I go to a conference, I'm just so proud to see all those people involved in CDI, and they're so um excited and so passionate about what they do and that just gets to me every time i see all those people i i remember there being a dozen or so people on the phone from all parts of the country and we were all so desperate to talk to someone who understood what we did um actus has benefited the cdi industry more than any other organization by making it possible to bring all those cdi professionals together to share their expertise yeah, I'd, I'd echo that. Yeah, you know, in regarding being a board member, frankly, I I, I truly enjoyed the the camaraderie and the collegiality of, of working with you guys and the board members like like Tamara. Yeah, yeah. I, I enjoy the cross education between the CDI and the coders and the physicians. I think that's it's been a lot of fun actually. I, I miss those days on the board, um, and and I and I think to my gratification, like Tamara, I've I think you guys have provided a platform for CDI education, whether it's white papers or position papers or um, this shows like this, or even your credentialing, uh, developing a, uh, the, the CDS exam. I think I think that's great. And, and you know, shockingly to me, you've even you've even impacted industry standards. You know, the such as the the Joint Access uh, AHEMA. Uh, 2013 physician practice brief. I mean, that that actually has impacted how we actually work. So I mean, who who'd have thunk, you know, that uh, access in the last 10 years would have gone from just a little infant uh, to now being all grown up and 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 impacting uh, the the documentation and CDI world. It really has provided a a, a home for for CDI. It's, it's been fun to watch. It's surprisingly fun to watch. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, thanks, guys. That means a lot. Yeah. Really does. And I, I have to thank uh, Kathy DeVault, who at the time was a practice director at AHIMA for extending the olive branch and allowing us to work together on that practice sure. brief. It was a lot of work. It was a lot of negotiation and uh, some angst for being fully you know, transparent here and uh, but I, I think in the end it, it produced a document that is still excellent uh, still workable um, and kind of stands the test of time I'm, I'm, you know and things will change as we continue to go forward but it, it was great to work work with them and uh, yeah we, we we've 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 been working hard these past 10 years and uh, you know may, maybe just we'll wrap up on, on a note here just um, you know, maybe pulling out your crystal balls as two veterans in the industry. You know, what 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 do you guys see for the next ten years of CDI? You know, if we look at the old SWOT analysis, you know, uh, strengths, weaknesses, opportunities, threats. Do you have any any areas you see the profession needing to evolve or growing into, or do you see any any potential? You know, I know things change, regulations change. Any potential 
ways that this profession could be impacted on um, perhaps negatively as well. Yeah, well, you know, just from an opportunity perspective, I, it's clear because of HCCs, et cetera, uh, CDI is moving to outpatient. And I think that outpatient and across the continuum of the, uh, will definitely uh, be an opportunity for uh, uh, CDI personnel. And I, and I was thinking about the threat. You know, uh, you guys may actually become a, a victim of your own success. I mean, if, if we physicians ever ever catch on and, and engage correctly, <laughs> then uh, we may, you know, we might need you anymore. Uh, how, however, I, I will say by ending, nah, that's not going to happen. Well, <laughs> how are you, Tamara? Any, any thoughts I, there? I absolutely agree. I was going to say exactly the same thing about outpatient. You know, we just got back from the outpatient um, CDI sym symposium. A week or so ago, and um, I just think that's the biggest area of opportunity, uh, you know, along with the value-based care coming down the pike. In terms of threats, I, I think we have job security. I, I don't think that's ever going to go away, but I think just being able to keep administration engaged and believing in what we can do. Um, you know, I know from personal experience that, that proving that outpatient has a positive return on investment is very difficult because of it's not quite as clear, you know, the impact that we're making. So it's, they're having to take a little bit of a leap of faith. So kind of keeping that going, but otherwise I think, I think we have, we're good in terms of job security here. I agree. I know I've, I've often thought that if, if CDIs, you know, if, if they really educated physicians and got them to change the, Patterns of documentation there might not be a need for it, but yeah. there will always be the the, the 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 difficult position. I'll just leave it at that. Doctor Mike you know, excluded, of course. No, no, no. Thirty years ago, I said, "Well, this is going to last one year." You know, I, I, this reviewing health. <laughs> I mean, I was wrong every year for the last thirty years. I'm, I'm, I'm sure I'd be wrong. Well, hopefully, <laughs> hopefully, you're wrong for another thirty. That would that, that would be great for the profession, but. But I, I, I do want to just wrap up by saying, um, you know, Octus, Octus, I combine October and Actus. So October 1st, 2017 is our 10-year anniversary at Actus. So expect some fun stuff from us, some community-related items. Um, we're going to be doing a, a kind of a retrospective, a special report, look back with some, with some fun pictures and so forth. So look forward to that. You know, we, we may be a little more gray and maybe a little thinner on top, including myself there. But... We hope to be here for the next 10 years of CDI, and we're really looking forward to growing along with everyone in this great profession. So I'm going to go ahead and uh, share our poll results again. Again, we asked you all, what is the biggest change you've seen in the CDI profession over the last 10 years? So uh, only 5% said the implementation of the MSDRG system. That, you know, that, that may be true. It may have something to do with the fact that it was 10 years ago when we have newer folks in but um you know the highest percentage was we talked about it the expansion into quality uh o to e psis hacks etc next uh, these two categories were pretty close but 28 percent department formalization and staff growth uh, 27 percent mentioned technology and uh, only three percent other so i think we narrowed narrowed it down to some of the biggies but any comments on the poll here with, with quality coming out uh, on top? 
I'll say, you know, when I was looking at this and trying to decide what I would choose, I couldn't choose um, because these were all big things. But I would agree that quality has probably impacted us more, at least more recently. MSDRGs was was a change, but it 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 didn't really well. In in some ways, that was quality as well. So. Dr. Hike, any any comments there? I I would just agree. I I think your group is pretty informed, by the way. That was a, that was that was excellent the way they responded. Yeah. yeah, that that's exactly what I was thinking as well. I I do think we we probably need to flesh out a little bit more about the 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 EHR. I think that deserves some some more discussion. Yeah, absolutely. I'm glad you mentioned that and for, and for leading me well, down the garden path into our next item here, which is our uh, in the news segment. I'm going to go ahead and. Pull that up on your screens again. In the news is a regular segment featuring the latest news and industry updates relevant to the CDI profession and to Actus. I'm cutting off the very top of the screen there, but um, as we can see, our news item today is AMA demands EHR overhaul. Calls them poorly designed and implemented. My apologies to those who may be working for an EHR or EMR vendor. Um, but essentially, this this item is a uh, spotlight on recent research conducted by the University of Wisconsin and the AMA, or the American Medical Association. Uh, so, from the article, primary care physicians spend more than half their workday typing data on a computer screen and completing other EHR tasks, according to the research from these two groups. Researchers gleaned their findings from EHR event logs. That, that's interesting. They actually went in and found out how, they, how much time was being spent um, through the devices themselves. They've um, confirmed by direct observation data, they found that during a typical 11.4 hour workday, primary care physicians were spending nearly six hours on data entry and other tasks with EHR systems. This study was uh, published in the Annals of Family Medicine. Uh, AMA President David Barb, um, hope I'm pronouncing that correct, B-A-R-B-E, blames poorly designed and poorly implemented EHRs for the growing sense among physicians that they are neglecting their patients as they try to keep up with an overload of type and click tasks. And uh, doctor burnout rates are at more than 50%. I've seen um, similar studies. Um, again, this is from the article here. And he mentions that what's needed really is an overhaul of EHR systems, um, addressing the lack of actionable data for patient care, uh, convoluted workflows that take away time from patients and long hours out of the clinical days. Um, stuff we've, I'm sure we've heard before, although this, this article I thought really summed it up and uh, provides some great data on just how big of a problem this issue is. So again, maybe I'll start with you, Dr. Hike, as a, as a physician who may have to interact with an EHR, what, 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 what are your thoughts on the present state of EHRs and any thoughts maybe for those listening, uh, entrepreneurs who might want to change these or EMR vendor that might be listening, what, what, what do you think needs to happen to make these more physician friendly? <laughs> yeah, that's, that's a good question, frankly. Um, I, you know, I guess I can expand on the problems a little bit and maybe that would offer some solutions. But, you know, on this article, by the way, this, that was derived from a study, they, they didn't actually look at the after hour time that physicians enter in, into the EMR. It was actually mm -hmm. uh, more time than just that uh, half a day that you that 
that was talked about in the article. You know, I, I think the EMR does have obviously some great uh, utility promises. You know, uh, increased portability. There's increased accessibility, but I, 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 I'm not a fan, obviously, of EMR as a physician. And it's not. I know I'm going to sound a little bit about like Don Quixote, you know, uh, 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 tilting, you know, at windmills, but. I, uh, I, I've, I have found it extremely difficult and time-consuming to work with, um, and, and it's not just because I'm an old guy. You know, at, at my hospital they do call me Doctor Jurassic. That's true, and I'm, you know, I am old guy, <laughs> class, class of '74. But you know, we we do adopt technology when it's helpful. I mean, I don't know what I would do without the MRI and a CT scan, and I didn't have that in my training program. So technology is rapidly adopted, I think, by physicians if they think it's helpful and not a hindrance. So the, the hindrance part of this is, uh, you know, from a uh, from entering into the EMR, is a, it, it is extremely time-consuming with all the drop-down windows. Some of that's not just the fault of the EMR. Some of that's the demands of evaluation management coding. Um, but I, And I think the short-term solution to that maybe is physicians getting scrabs or their nurses to to enter into the health mm -hmm. record is cost for that. Because um, I think that the primary problem from the patient's perspective, not the physician, but the patient's perspective, is is we don't look at them anymore. We don't we don't look up from the screen. We don't do we don't have eye contact. We don't look at facial expressions. Uh, you know, in short, we don't develop rapport. And and I, and I don't think there's a drop down window for rapport. And and so I from <laughs> you know, as I actually practicing and uh, and doing it, you know, I've gotten to the point in my life where I'm just saying, you know, no more freaking clicking. <laughs> I'm tired of it, and uh, <laughs> I'm going to take it on the yeah. You know, and um, so I've gone back to dictating all my records and just taking a hit. Um, but you know, physicians seem to appreciate it because, and patients I know appreciate it since, since I'm engaged with them and not the not the computer. I, I could go on, but right. you only have a. You only have a 30-minute program. I know. I'll, I'll, I'll stop. bring yeah, it back stop. for another show on that, Dr. Hike, but you've certainly identified some issues there. Uh, yeah. No truth to the rumor that this is actually you on the screen here looking at that screen with a quizzical look. But, uh, Tamara, how, 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 how about yourself? Do you have any uh, any thoughts on this before we, before we move on? Um, I'm not sure what the answer is. I, I know from a CDI perspective that the EHR has only made our jobs more more challenging. In an effort to make the job, the provider's job easier, there's really a lot of unnecessary information that's being pulled into those notes. So it really muddies the water when we're trying to glean what's really going on with the patient. Um, I know that, like Dr. Hike said, um, a lot of clinic providers are using scribes. Um, that, that's one solution. There's also electronic transcription programs that some some providers are using and. And like Dr. Hayek, I've heard other providers kind of getting back to that dictation system uh, because it's just so much easier. Right, exactly. And Tamara says there's there's problems within the EMR itself. There's this copying paste modality that, you know, it's like Groundhog Day. No one ever gets any better. Uh, the problem lists aren't, aren't updated. Mm -hmm. and, and, and from an outside consultant perspective, the operability of these things, these EMRs are different. It's, if you get in, a, if you get into a car, you pretty much know where the steering wheel and the gas pedal is. But you get a different vendor for a different EMR, you know, you're, you're having to be reeducated again. So, I, 
there's just a right. lot of data, but not a lot of information. That's pretty much boils down to with EVMR. Mm -hmm. so it's it's a challenge. Yeah. Well, maybe maybe over the next ten years we'll finally see standardization and 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 a EMR that people can be make part of the workflow rather than uh, an encumbrance to the workflow. So, but I appreciate you guys' perspective. We're you know, we're past the top of the hour. I'm going to wrap up quickly here with a quick Actus update. Again, this is a segment that brings you what's going on inside of Actus. I'm just showing you the results of a poll that we have on the website. Um, we, asked, we were asked to uh, put this poll question out, does your facility allow mid-level advanced practice providers, i.e. nurse practitioners, anesthetists, physician assistants, or residents with limited license to answer queries? Um, didn't want to so much talk about the result of the poll, although this is interesting. 64% yes, 20% uh, yes, but with a co-signature and 16% no. Um, just want to remember, remind our members that this is a nice feature to take advantage of. So if you go to the home page of Actus, which I will click on right now, uh, and you scroll down um, to the lower, a little bit lower of the right-hand side of the screen, you will see a weekly poll. We update this on a regular basis. We have a full archive of prior poll results that you can go in and check out. Um, you can see how many folks took them and, and hopefully get some good data that you can use to maybe make a change in your program or give you some you know, uh, information or thoughts about how you might want to modify things. So check that out. Um, since we have Linnea on, I know Linnea is always looking for new poll ideas for our website. I know Linnea, is there any way that, how, how can our members send you those ideas? Sure, you can just email them to me. My email address is larchibald at actus.org. Um, just shoot me an email and I'll see what I can do. All right. Well, thanks, Linnea. We're gonna um, wrap up here at this point. So again, I wanna thank uh, Dr. Hike and Tamara for being on our show today and recapping 10 years of Actus. Again, we're, we're proud to have served you all for 10 years and plan to do so another 10. Um, and of course, we'll be back again on a regular two-week schedule for our next program, which is CDI expansion into OBGYN. So as always, if you have any suggestions for future guests or ideas about the format of the show, please send me an email at bmurphy at That will do it. Take care, everyone, and have a great rest of the day.